0: Okay, my guest on the show today is Dr. Michael Hudson, self-certified bourbon expert. (laughs) I love that. Award-winning barbecue chef with a brand of Professor Smokes Barbecue coming soon to location near you. Avid bike rider and so many other things that we're going to talk about today. And Michael, Dr. Michael Hudson was my fourth guest when the podcast was a baby back in January of 2020. I think we actually did our interview in November of 2019. Yep. And here we are back here again, Michael. So I'm curious, has anything changed for you since tw- November of 2019?
1: Uh, nothing. Everything's the same, man. i mean doing the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, just traveling all the it's- time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Well>. <laughs> traveling all the time, yeah. doing the thing. Well, so, you know, for everybody listening, this <laughs> is a Michael is back episode. So as, as you, for my avid listeners out there, you've seen I'm starting to bring some of my favorite guests back. Not that they're all the favorite, but people coming back from season one catching up on what's going on, and most of them are coming back like pre-pand. It was pre-pandemic when we um, <laughs> we interviewed. So, Michael, welcome. Good to see you again. Good to good to talk to you again.
1: Thank you, man. It's a it's a privilege, Jason. And you know, I uh, I, I love the opening question. I wish there was a way to answer that question logically. <laughs> And there's just oh, no. there's just like, not.
0: What's, what's changed for you?
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think the biggest change is I've lost total track of time. I constantly ask myself, <laughs> "What day is it? How long has this been going on? And are, are we making progress or are we standing still?"
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the thing I do I do like Michael is um I know we talked about Sc- we talked about scotch yes, and we did talk about barbecue a little less than two years ago, and there's been some big changes there. You now moved into bourbon.
1: Well, yeah, because I don't, and you know, Jason, you, you recall from too many of our conversations, I, cooking is my passion when I'm not doing yes. something else, that's what I'm doing. Cause yeah. I, I live for that smile on the face. I live for moments like this. Okay. I'll indulge with a quick story. Cause I know you'll get, yes, you'll please, get this, please. right? So I sent you a picture yesterday of my new patio pavilion cooking area that we built this summer.
0: Unbelievable, by the way.
1: Thank you. Thank Man.
0: you. Well, do you sleep out there? I just. Do you I, sleep, I, it's do you hard one to, to man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the hardest thing now is coming back into the office because okay, I've got this great outdoor space for cooking. You know, yeah, uh, we had a dinner three weeks ago. Um, eighteen people. First time we actually used the space that way for that many people worked fantastic. Um, but that cooking lesson to go back to your Scotch bourbon transition comment, I. I do a lot of cooking. I'm, I'm making some sauces that are come out on the professor smokes brand, got some rubs and so forth, but I find yeah. scotch doesn't cook well. It doesn't add much flavor if I use it Oh, in using sauce. It inside
0: of the cooking. Yeah. I've never used scotch in a sauce or any. Sort well, of-
1: I, uh, don't waste your time. Uh, it doesn't have the depth of flavor. And I don't mean that critically. I mean, you know, I, I love my scotch, but so I yeah. started messing with bourbons to get sort of, and plus I'm cooking barbecue. So, you know, it's a barbecue sauce. I want a little more smoky flavor in it, but I'm not going to cheat and put liquid smoke and stuff in it. And so I found that. I like how you call that cheating. Well, it you know, it, it's, it, it's, yeah, it
0: is. it's, it's nasty. Yeah, it's It's nasty stuff. It's cheating, man.
1: If you can't put the smoke yeah. flavor in your meat, then stop pretending you're a barbecue guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the sauce has to have a hit that connects with that. So long story that's short, right. which it's too late for bourbon connects with that. So that's how the bourbon shift happened. But what I live for and why I do this, right? We got 18 people here. There's this guy and I I, I smoked a brisket and, you know, made the entire meal and everything. Everybody's eating. There's, there's these two or three people who came that didn't know it was an eating event. So they weren't eating. And one of the guys, you know, how people can be about barbecue, Starts oh, yeah. talking about this amazing brisket that he goes to this specific restaurant for, and it's worth the money and blah, blah, blah. And he just keeps talking, but he's not eating. And I'm talking with another guy who's in the conversation there. And I finally looked at the other guy and I said, do you think it's fair he keeps praising someone else's brisket when he hasn't even tried this one?
0: That's pretty rude at your, lo- at your well, house. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a little strange.
1: <laughs> and, and, and he looked at me and goes, okay, I'll try some. So then I got my moment that I live for. He picked it up. He took a bite and he goes, I'm going to shut up now about the other place. (laughs) It's like, okay, that's the win score. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to share with you. I've been excited to share with you. My daughter, my my daughter, my son, which is a new development since you and I talked. Yes. We weren't even pregnant in November of 19. We have a son who's turning one on Monday. We're doing a party for him. And twenty five people on uh, this Saturday. Awesome. I am tomorrow morning. Uh, tonight I'm dry rubbing a nine pound brisket, and oh, tomorrow nice. morning it's going on the egg. It's seven a.m. We're gonna do a twelve hours twelve hour smoke, nine pounds, and then that's gonna be our main our main entree for Saturday. I did one a few weeks ago. And it was good, but I did it overnight, and uh-huh. it cooked a little too hot, yeah. so it was a little dry. So I'm very excited to do this one during the day. Yeah, I'm gonna put it on, go go work during the day, and then come back, and it'll be yeah, should be pretty good. And my my buddy, who's a good big smoker, he he gave me the the fork. He gave me the fork tip, and I'm sure you know this too. Is you put the fork in, and if it releases with no resistance, uh-huh. it's ready to go. Uh-huh. And if it's resistant, then you need it. It needs more time. So yeah. that's you know, like, and uh, I know you're you're a much more experienced smoker and barbecuer than me, but. To me, it's it's like everything else in life. It's learning each time, like oh, learning, yeah. and it's the little tweaks. It is still a delicious bar, brisket, but i but it. You know what? I um I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like specifically cooking, but for me specifically, I like grilling and smoking. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like playing golf. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, the way I play golf is, and I I played last Friday. It was a pretty much horrific round, but I had three shots where I'm like. Oh, I can do this. And yeah. I want to come back and do it again.
1: Well, that, that's the, I think that's the thing, right? I mean, I know it appeals to me for that because I, I have a detail thing that I hate because it brings that perfectionist crap out that can kill us. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, you can play with one thing. So brisket, for example, um, I've made a dozen brisket rubs. I got one that I really liked. that's a coffee rub that's got some activated charcoal and it. it gives you a nice good crust and so forth. Mm. Um, but I also like the simplicity. And just the simple salt and pepper Texas style. But I have found a yeah. little tweak. And so this is to your point, right? One little thing, right? One little thing. A little, one little, a thing. little tweak. I recently added sumac to my salt and okay. pepper rub on brisket. And I don't know if you're familiar with the sumac spice. It has a little bit of a lemony yeah. flavor. It kind of brighten, yeah, brightens yeah, things up, like right? Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting how that kind of brightens up the rub and almost gives you a little bit of a cut through that really deep, fatty, you know, good taste that you get out of brisket. Um, yeah. And it's become my go-to thing, but you know, it's one of those things discovered in an afternoon. I had heard somebody mention they use sumac on a steak on their steak rub, and I'm like, I should try it on brisket and see what happens. It was it was a big win, so I'm going to this competition in two weeks, so this can't come out before then. (laughs) And promise that's that's my uh, that's my little secret for why mine's going to taste better than all the other guys. I can't wait to
0: release this after you win that competition, and I'll, we'll put a we'll put a header at the beginning of the episode. By the way, the thing that we talk about in minute number eight of the episode, he won, or maybe we'll do it at the end. Well, you know, you
1: know, um, you know, the pressure's on though, Jason, right? Because you know, I went to the pressure is on now. I went to this one two years ago, the old, the first time I'd actually done it, right? And I got into it because my daughter and her friends run this thing to raise money that they use to help people in the local area that need help. Mm-hmm. um so it's a private competition you know judge not no not not like casey barbecue certified or anything and i went just okay i'll i'll get in and i got did that because my son-in-law kept telling them if he ever gets in you guys are are done <laughs> it's like okay if he's gonna endorse me i gotta go do this and see how it turns out yeah yeah and, and it was a hilarious story i had an extra injector Because I bought a new injector and I wanted to get rid of it. So Mm -hmm. I went to the guy running the competition. I gave it to him. I said, hey, give this to the winner because I don't need two injectors. Well, they started announcing the results, Jason, and I finished second in the first category, first product. I finished third in the next product. And I look over at him and I can tell he's going, oh, crap, I'm going to have to give this injector back to him. (laughs) And then I finished third in the overall competition. (laughs) It's like okay, so now I got and you know COVID canceled it last year, so now I go go back defend my title. So the pressure's on.
0: Pressure is on. All right, so Michael, when we had you on in uh, almost a couple years ago now, you were public speaking, you were running a coaching and consulting business, working with leaders on all sorts of things. So what's changed for you, if anything, <laughs> other than you said you've been at home and staring at staring at the wall, um, and you probably have a couple shots in your arm, or at least one shot in your arm is my guess. Mm-hmm. Most likely, you've been uh, doing some things. But yeah, like what what's new with you? Like what do we what, what do you want to share with us? This
1: this is where Jason. I wish I had a button that I could make an explosion happen that you could hear because I would say that's the essence of what's new. You know, like many people in a, yeah. in the space. Um, most of my revenue came from stuff that involved travel, and right. you know my go-to work was often strategic planning, facilitation of face-to-face and you know in-person retreats. I had my coaching stuff and so forth, and you know and speaking at events. Uh, you know, well, all of a sudden, you know, um, in March last year, all of that disappeared, and the entire year's projected revenue was gone. Um, now, the good news was that three months before that. We all have favorite clients. Okay, let's admit it. We don't tell the public who they are, but we all have our favorite Some clients.
0: Some people, I, I don't. Oh, they're all equal in my eyes. Just like podcast guests, they're all they're they're, they're all equal, uh, equal opportunity everywhere.
1: <laughs> well, you know, when you've been in business like I have for 38 years, you know, there there are these people that yeah. you go, I loved working with them and can I get back in? Yeah. You
0: know,
1: and you're your go-to people that you knew if you were in a situation where oh, yeah. frankly you needed revenue, not that you could call them and say I need revenue. But you could call them and have a conversation. There was probably something you could help them with. And their trust, the no like trust factor was, you know, off the table because you knew each other. And so this has been a guy (laughs) had helped with his business, blah, blah, blah. He had recently sold the business and said, you know, I want to capture what we did. And what they had done was basically built an incredible culture and built a very successful company in 20 years by building their mid-level leaders. He said, mm. "How do we capture that?" Well, you know, I've had one one thing in my life that I've ever wanted to do all the time. It is help whoever you are discover the potential that is within you, so you can deliver what you're here to deliver. Yeah, I mean, I I've had that since I was a kid. It, I don't know where it came from, but it is wired into my bones. So I'm like, okay, this is an interesting opportunity. So he and I start working together in December of 2019, after the month after you and I first talked. Yeah, um, and then. COVID hits, we're in the midst of trying to figure this out. And I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Um, where can we take this? Let's have that dream conversation. And then I decided to go all in and partner with him to build this out. Mm. So
0: oh, so you actually became business partners.
1: Yeah. So I've actually spent the last 18 months building out a 21 lesson leadership development program for emerging and mid-level leaders That is around the core concept, Jason, of quote-unquote servant leadership. We call it influential leadership, people-first leadership, people-centric leadership, Um, and have built that out, launched to our first client in January of this year, have two classes running with them. They're getting ready to move into their final one of the three journeys in our program. And uh, in 2022, we're going more broadly and looking for, we, we basically are selling 48 seats to fill six classes. And- run, you know, that many groups of people through it and whatever comes up along the way that, you know, in addition to that we'll do, but that's, that's kind of where we are. So it's kind of startup mode. And uh, so, so major shift, you (laughs) know, I had to face the pivot question of, do I shut down my other stuff? Um, and finally said, look, I just got to shut down the other stuff because I'm not going to maintain it. And if, and if you call me right now, I can't say yes to anything because I'm in startup mode and you know what that means. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I find um, I want to dig in more on the program that you're coming out with, or that's 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 um, like you said in startup mode, the thing that I find interesting about the specifically the public speaking realm, I'm not a public, I mean I I speak in public, but I would I'm not a paid public speaker right. at this point. Right. I'd like to someday, maybe if I can figure out what I want to speak on. <laughs> um, but you and I share a lot of friends that are quite accomplished in that space. Yeah. I find it interesting that in that space, it didn't matter how good you were. There was no work. Yeah. Like the talent, your talent had nothing Absolutely. to do with whether you could find work. The whole thing shut down. I think it's probably like the best restaurants just shut down. Yeah. I don't care if you're the if you're the best chef on the planet. Yeah. A lot of other industries and a lot of other professions, you were able to figure out ways to do it. And I know the speaking people do virtual, but companies generally will pay less for virtual and such. Um, it's just such an interesting thing. <clears throat> then no matter who I talk to and no matter what level of speaking they're at, it's the same story. Yeah. I got nothing. I mean, I think maybe if you're a celebrity and you can show up, and you can go do cameo. I don't know if you know what cameo, oh, the yeah, platform yeah, cameo. Yeah. yeah. Are you on cameo? Michael, yeah, Can, can no. people hire to, to spend, to get a, to get a, a
1: FaceTime video with you not, for 10 minutes. Not at this point. <laughs> <laughs> not at this point. And, I was going to say, if
0: so, I feel very honored. You're doing this at no charge for me. And
1: probably not a space thing. <laughs> I'm going to consider right now, Jason.
0: <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Maybe I'll, um, I'm just, I'm thinking about maybe I'll pay to get Mike Tyson on my podcast or something. They're like, Hey, what's up, Mike? Cause I, my, under, you can for like a few yeah. hundred dollars, yeah. you can talk to these people now. Yeah. Not only have them send you a video, they have a new product that I forget what it's called, but it's, you can have a conversation with yeah. them. So it's not just like, Hey, I want to send Michael a, you know, a 30 second thing for his birthday of like your hero. It's yeah. like now it, I just, that whole business model is so funny. <laughs> and as a celebrity, could it be any easier money? I wouldn't say th- so you wouldn't think so. Um, I mean for well for people like you and I that could just show up and talk to anybody, like that's the easiest money on the planet. I'm like, hey, what do you on? I'm like, hey man, what's going
1: on? Yeah, How are you doing? Here I am. Okay. But
0: all uh, right, cool. Well, um, it's
1: interesting, Jason. So, you know, there's an interesting lesson, right, in all of this and, and even what you just shared, right? Is there are goods and bads and difficults and unknowns about the past 18 to 24 months we've all just gone through and we will continue to go through until whenever. But there are critical lessons in there about Making decisions when there's more uncertainty than you've ever seen before, and what it does to your business. So, your point, you know, a lot of speakers didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I understand that and I respect that. And I and I and I feel their pain. I was blessed. I mean, the, you know, the a door opened for me to sort of do some culmination work and also do it with one of my favorite top two clients of all time. And ironically, the one proposal I had out pending that got accepted after co- when COVID hit was with my other favorite client of all time mm. that was all work I could do here and not have to travel. I mean, it was originally planned yeah. for me to be traveling to them, but, you know, so I, I think it it taught me a lesson that might serve some of your listeners to think about, which is mm-hmm. how do you make the transition from being a consultant coach to being a collaborator. Yeah. Not a distinction I would have called out 18 months ago. Yeah. yeah. But but the world yeah. has changed. Yeah. It, it makes us all have to build that skill. Does that make sense to anybody besides me?
0: No, it, it does. And this, you know, I'm, it's interesting you say this because my, my ideal client is um, people who work in either – I have two ideal clients, and I know that's like bad marketing. You should have one ideal yeah. client. Who cares? Eh, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of the rules. So my ideal clients are people that work in tech, mm-hmm. big tech, usually big tech, medium tech, Google, Facebook, Coinbase, you know, places where, um, it's just, a, it's a very intense environment. Yeah. The other side of my ideal client is co-founders of small startups.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I really, really, really love working with them because yeah. they have a lot of challenges that are really fun to help. solve. Oh, yeah. I think this is, and I think this is part of, um, and I like that in the tech space. I know that in the past, you've done a lot of work with like community financing organizations mm-hmm. and things like, you know, we all kind of find like our people. Yeah. I say all this because I'm finding that what happens through that work is you, hey, like, hey, would you be, would you be interested in joining our board? Would you be mm-hmm. interested in becoming an advisor? Mm-hmm. Those things and being open to that conversation yeah. versus like, no, this is my business model.
1: Yeah.
0: I've actually had the same experience and it's, um, it's been quite interesting because it wasn't something that I really thought about. Yeah. Well, it can, because you become a you become a trusted person in their life.
1: Yeah, and and I think building that trust now more than ever before it has become much more about how effective you can be in collaborating and engaging with them in a different way. You know, the, that's right. the show up and throw up model is gone, and I would argue is gone forever, and that's a good thing <laughs> be, yeah. because you know the learners have changed. I mean, this whole thing has changed everybody in the way they even see how they engage you know, and everybody gets Zoom fatigue and tired of this, you know, and this and that and so forth. You know, everything has to shorten, everything has to tighten. You know, we've got the whole impact of Ted on the world where you can say a whole lot in 10 minutes. that's more powerful than me listening to you for an hour and a half. So the whole model changes, but it opens this interesting door that is the door to collaboration with the meeting planners in a way that's different. And, yeah. and frankly, it's something I had been doing all along, just by happenstance, it was just who I am because I, you know, customizing and so forth. But, you know, I was the guy who used to say, well, why are we going to do this for 90 minutes? This is a 20 minute program. Mm. You know, let's, let me do 20 minutes and then let's them do some work because they're not going to learn squat by just listening for 20 minutes. There needs to be engagement. Well, that's part of the collaboration stuff that's now popping in that becomes a critical part of how we do everything. So.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, I want to go back to the to the program that you've set up and I'm not going to ask you for the keys to the kingdom here, but I am curious <laughs> There are no to keys, so that's cool. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask you for the thing that there are no, there, are, there is nothing there. I'm curious if you, if you'd be willing to share with us maybe some of the, some of the philosophies or some of the, oh, sure. you know, the major points sure. that, you know, I do leadership coaching as well. And I'm, you know, this is a little bit self-serving because I always like to. That's not
1: self-serving. Not not going to say that's steal. What you
0: do. <laughs> I'm not going to say steal. Let, I like to always like be looking for best practices and concepts. Um, I'm curious, like you'd be willing to talk a little bit, like maybe three or four points of like, sure. what is it? What is it that's missing from leadership development today? Sure. Or as people get promoted into managerial roles, middle, middle management roles, like you said, what's, what do you generally see that's missing? Yeah. And how does what you you've put together with your collaborator? How does that address that?
1: Great question, great question. And and you know, to the stealing point, it's all about leveraging. That uh,
0: my guess is <laughs> my guess is you're also not reinventing the wheel. Like leadership development is not like a whoa, this is a brand new
1: concept. <laughs> there, there's no wheel to reinvent, right? I mean, it's, there's no wheel to reinvent. Exactly. You know, and, and if we want to simplify all this, right? Um, i I'll I'll give the shout out to Patrick Lencioni. Right? If you haven't read Patrick Lencioni's book, The Motive. And you want to call yourself a leader, you're not ready yet. And I say that because the motive makes it very simple and very clear. You have a choice. You can either be a responsibility-centered leader or you can be a reward-centered leader. And we've all Mm. seen the reward-centered leader. They've risen to the position of leadership. Now they think it's their turn. They can do what they want, when they want, where they want, blah, blah, blah. You know, that doesn't work. It never worked. And it's doggone sure not going to work when we have a workforce that's going to be 75% millennials in five years by 2025. Yeah, I want
0: to ask you, Michael, when you say it doesn't work and it never worked, you could argue you – guess, i I'm not arguing no, with I'm you not. what I'm saying. I think – but I think people could argue that, well, we've, we've done okay to this point. You know, The American economy is the strongest economy in the world. What, um you know, for a long time, companies were quite successful. Is it that it never worked because, and we didn't know that it didn't work? Or is it that people coming into the workforce and now there's just more, there's just more um, expectation as employees now? And maybe there's something that I'm completely I, I, missing. I think
1: it, What's your perspective yeah, on that? J- Jason, I, I think your second point is really spot on relative to the expectations. I also think this it's the experiences, but my Doesn't work. Argument comes more from the philosophy I have about leadership Mm. and that we have about leadership, which is your job as a leader, in our view, Aspire Leadership's you, that's our company name, um, is that your job is to create leaders who will follow you, who are better prepared, and will be capable of taking the organization to a place you never knew it could go. Mm. That if you look at leadership that way, It didn't work. If you look at leadership as we got results, we created impact. Yes. You know, that, that response, that reward center leadership had play. And there are places where we know that has to be there, right? Command and control has to be in certain situations because of detail, the way the business works and, and the critical things that are in the business. But what, you know, my partner in this, okay. Jeff Banning, Jeff, Jeff was 22 years old in college. His father had a company. His father called him and his older brother in. Jeff was currently working part time as the accountant for the organization, ten person organization. And his father announced to he and his brother that, um, "I'm done. I'm going to go raise horses. If you'd like to buy raise horses, yeah, nice. If you'd like to buy the business, buy I- the business. Um, I'll hold a loan for ten years, and you can pay me back. And if you don't, that's fine. And I'm going to sell it." Yeah. So Jeff dropped out of college, became the leader of a company, realized I don't know how to lead. Yeah. Um, so now we get to personality characteristics which play into beliefs, right? We have a fundamental premise, Jason. If you can master curiosity, humility, and empathy, then you can lead from a place of influence. Mm. And Jeff is a very curious, humble, and empathetic human being. So he went to what he knew. And as that worked through, he focused all of his time on how do I develop these people at this level so they can go further because he realized he didn't know all the answers. Yeah. My observation, having worked with leaders in all kinds of businesses, I mean, I've got over 3000 clients when I stopped counting that I had worked with. And it's the ones that do the most effective job of leading have this perspective. You matter more than I do. I'm here. And whether you want to say it's to serve you, to support you, to remove obstacles for you, however you want to describe that. But my goal is to make sure you feel valued, appreciated, understood, accepted that you are supported, that you can do what you're capable of doing and we can bring out the best in you. So the the other reason I call out the book, the motive is Lencioni's basic point in the book is if you choose reward-centered leadership, you do not do the five things that responsibility-centered leaders do, and those five things are the key. And one of those is developing the people you lead. Mm-hmm. So that's one of our big underlying premises. See what, what, and, and, mm-hmm. and our argument, Jason, is that curiosity drives growth. Because if you think about the companies, the businesses, the individuals you see who get stuck, what's the usual problem? They've missed something that's changed in the world. They're not asking questions enough to understand how their business needs to evolve to deal with that new world. And so growth stagnates. Humility builds trust. Because if you know I'm going to give you the credit, I'm regularly affirming you and calling you out and celebrating your successes, we have a different level of trust and you're going to engage differently. Empathy creates connection. Because when we have a deeper connection at a personal level, we do different things, right?
0: Yeah, abs- oh, absolutely. We, we go
1: deeper into the way we commit to things and so forth. And when I when I first met Jeff, I was I spoke at an HR, a SHRM event, Society for Human Resource Management, and hmm. his HR director was there. She called me and said, "You know, we I really like what you talked about the other night. Can you come to a leadership program for us?" So I did. I had a great time. She introduced me to him in a casual way, Jason. I had no idea he was the president, CEO of the company. It was like this is- Yeah,
0: that's, that's probably good. Like no no performance anxiety. was like, yes, oh, this
1: is a guy. When he wasn't even in the room, right? He just walked in during a break. She introduced me and she said, this is my boss. I'm like, oh, okay. So he must be the head of HR. And I know nothing. I just, nope. Long story short, yeah. a week later, I get a phone call. Um, the CEO would like to meet with you. And I didn't realize it was the guy I'd met. So get, imagine yourself getting that call, Jason. You've been hired to coach yeah. someone. You've coached them. You've had a great session. They've agreed to do something. They've gotten results and now you get this call saying the CEO wants to talk to you. You go, "Uh-oh." <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting you say that because if I heard that, I don't think it's interesting. If, uh-oh, I would be more I would I would be like I'm doing something right. I would like want to, I'd want to like, I'd, my, I think my ego would be very excited.
1: Yeah. And I had that element, but I also had that. Did I do something wrong? Did I say the wrong thing? Uh, you know, <laughs> you and, go to
0: the principal's office. Yeah.
1: And who is this guy? And, and, and part of it, you know, you know, everything's contextualized to the moment, right? Her tone, oh, absolutely. her tone when she says it, what she, she didn't say why it's just like, he'd like to meet with you. Can you come over next Tuesday afternoon? So I went over for a half hour scheduled meeting, you know, it's a driving distance client, which is also probably one of the reasons our yeah. a favorite client over time. Um, yeah. I walked in his office for a 30 minute appointment. I left four and a half hours later because we got into this deep conversation and, he, and basically I kept asking questions and he kept telling me what was wrong. And finally, at one point he looked at me, he goes, can you help me fix this? <laughs> Which then you're going, yes, this was a good reason to come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I said, yeah, And here's how we get started. Fine. When can we start? You know, and that's how yeah. our relationship began. But yeah. it's interesting that it began around this notion of questions. And then we started looking at what worked, you know, and so that, that's really, you know, we're trying to simplify, right? If you can be curious yeah. if you, and, you know, let's face it, we're not alone. I mean, Michael Bungay Stanier's great book about the advice monster. You know, it says right on the cover, curiosity and empathy, <laughs> or it's yeah, or, exactly, or it says curiosity and humility. It doesn't have all three of the words, yeah, um, yeah, but but, and I think it's a moment for this, right? I mean, good goodness knows, the last twenty four eighteen twenty four months have been a moment where empathy is the most needed thing most of us have to find. Yeah, yeah,
0: I have um, I have a question for you about. I'm not going to use, well, I'll use the word advice. (laughs) It's, it's, it's advice, but it's, it's advice. It's more, let's use the more empowered term. It's guidance. (laughs) A lot of the, a lot of the clients that I, that I, that uh, come to me are younger leaders. Mm -hmm. Some of them have no official training because they're running their own company or something Mm -hmm. and they're, they're engineers or designers or whatever. And they just happen to be, become the Mm -hmm. leader of a company. And find themselves in a place of, oh wait, I, I need to be the leader now. I need to manage and lead. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the and and most of them have imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of times they'll do they'll make hires of people that actually have led for longer than they have, yeah. or have led at all. Yeah. What's the thing you would offer to somebody sitting in front of you that's in that position where they say, hey, you know, I am a leader, I've got a team of people. I have some imposter syndrome. I'm not sure I'm doing a good job. What's like, where would you have somebody take a look or what would you have them start to do?
1: Great, great, great insight, Jason, in terms of the challenge and the reality, right? So many people get into leadership positions because they're good at something that has nothing to do with leadership. Yeah. And let me, let me circle back for just a second and close out the advice monster thing, just because if people haven't read the book, here's the context. Too many of us jump in to try to solve the problem and don't listen long enough to know what the problem actually is. That's the advice monster. So think about about the last time your spouse asked you a question or your kid asked you a question or someone you work with asked you a question. How (laughs) quick did you jump to say, well, here's what you need to do? And see, I'm the one But it's so much more fun. Well, I to know your
0: ego to be right. I know Come on, Michael. Yes. It's like, yes, <laughs> I got it. I know this. Hey, because I know happening. this, I get to be smart and right. Come on. Well, Don't you know how smart I am? But that's what happens. I know the answer. I know how to solve your problems. And that's
1: what happens, right? We're sitting there and you're telling me this one, man, if he just shut up, I can tell him just what he used to do, you know? And what's the problem? The problem is most of us run around the barn six times before we actually get to the real shit because we're defending ourselves. Yeah. We're fighting the imposter in our head and we're trying to prove that we're right until we can get to the point where we go, oh, you know what? I'm not right. And so, yeah. you know, so it's if like, you boil it down yeah. to one thing, Jason, your question, it's simple. Ask more questions and listen. Truly listen. You know my mantra, ask, listen, learn, and serve. And the reason yeah. learn is in there is because that's why you're listening. Learn what's really going on here. It could be that I that Sue is mad at Bob for something Bob did six weeks ago where he took the credit from her. And we're now having a problem about this because the situation feels similar to her. Yeah. And she fears getting the same result that she got before. So now we have a conflict. Well, you and I can't solve that conflict. We can say, here's what you could do. But do we understand it well enough? You know, are we silencing our ego enough to say, look, I I don't really know what you should do here, but let's talk through this and figure out some options. I, I think it's a shift in the conversation we have to create, right? So it's okay to feel imposter syndrome and to realize, I don't know. Dude, you don't even want to know how many times I have sat down here in this basement office that I love because it's quiet, it's private and so forth and gone, Yeah. God, I wish I knew if this was the right decision. Because in startup, <laughs> yeah, totally. in startup mode, that's what you live every day, right? Is this exactly. the right thing to do? Who's the right client? Is Will this work? Is this right? And you know, at some point, I just think you also have to say, I'm going to go this way right now Yeah. and I'll learn and I'll ask. I mean, we have tweaked our program with this first new client, I think, four different times now in fairly significant ways based on their feedback, because we've adopted a mindset going into this of we live in a world where the app process is what everybody does. Now you roll out the basic minimum version, you ask, listen and learn, you enhance, you try it again, you ask, listen and learn, you enhance, you try it again, and you never lock it down. And so, you know, if, if I boil your question down, say two things, it's the ask, listen, learn, and find a way to serve. Mm-hmm. So you so, serve and solve, right? <laughs> the same basic kind of concept. And, and secondly, is to realize, stop chasing perfection because a big part of imposter yeah. syndrome is driven by chasing perfection. And we let imposter yeah. syndrome drive us into chasing perfection. Yeah. So we have a, yeah, we have a rule, more. Jason. Yeah. We have a rule we use. No perfection? No, here's the- Unless <laughs> it's barbecue? No, here's the question. Is this 85% of what it needs to be? And if the answer is yes, then stop tweaking it and move on because we're not the arbiters of whether it is a hundred percent the client yeah. the client is the student is the leader yeah. the leader we 're developing is so that's my oh, i love that. that's my answer yeah. to your question
0: yeah um i want i've got one more question for you here before we start to wrap up with some. Uh, I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to give you a little sneak preview. I'm going to ask for some recommendations, and it's not going to be around leadership. It's going to be around some other things oh, yeah. that we we're going to come back around again. Uh, so curiosity, curiosity is one of the core tenets of coaching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As you know, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of the thing that you can bring that doesn't exist mm-hmm. in a lot of other places in the world. It's it's actually what makes you a great coach for your clients right. is being curious and open to. They don't labeling things. Are, what I hear curiosity. What I hear is not labeling things right or wrong, yeah. Yeah. but just being open and curious. I also, I, this is my opinion. I think curiosity is um, is something you do need to develop, mm-hmm. develop because I it's fun. And I was thinking about this. I had this conversation with another podcast guest last week. I feel like in school you start out, and my my daughter's in kindergarten. There's a lot of curiosity that goes on. And then as you progress through the educational system, there's less and less curiosity mm-hmm. and more and more of facts, figures, this is the way to do it. This is the way to do it right. And then I think for most, most, and I know you spend a lot of time in the academic world as well, so I'm really interested in your perspective on this. I feel like in college, there's not a whole lot of curiosity depending on the major. It's a lot of like, this is the way to do it right. This is how you're trained to do it. And so for anybody who's listening who might feel like they want to be more curious, and it might—it might, it's like a new muscle to develop. Mm-hmm. How do, how can people practice curiosity pra- uh, tactically? Like what's yeah. a thing that you can start to do?
1: You know, I'm going to simplify that down to my favorite question. It's not a question. It's a statement that I use, which is simply say more about that. Because here's the challenge, right? Our education you – know, we could get philosophical here. And I had this debate and almost got flunked out of education classes in college because <laughs> – yeah. Nobody wanted to hear this question, but it's like, if we keep making people have to pass a test, we're making them believe that the world is right and wrong.
0: That's right. It's the right, wrong context. And
1: as we built that right, wrong context into people, what happened? We killed curiosity because yeah. the curiosity was when I got the right answer, as long as I can memorize it and spit it back to you when you asked me for it, we're good. So I hate that element, right? And I used to be constantly in conflict with my colleagues when I was a professor in the university of Illinois and Cornell, because I trusted the students to figure it out. Yeah. I didn't do tests. I did pro activities that you did where you had freedom and flexibility. You you built a business plan. You presented the business plan. I gave you guidance on how you could do it more effectively, but you had, you know, carte blanche free range. And I know there's times you can't do that in business, but if we don't make some times in business where we can let people do that. I mean, that's why there's so many creativity workshops, that's places we right. send people to, to do that. Well, that that's not enough. Right. How do I get the chance to look at that and consider those options those, as in those alternatives on an ongoing basis? And our advice monster steps in. We think we have to frame a question so that they can know what we want, which limits the conversation just like the teacher did in the classroom. Yeah. If on the other hand, you come to me, Jason, you say, you know, Michael, I'm working on something. I'm trying to figure this out. And, and I'm thinking can, maybe you can help me. You know, I got the X, Y, Z, and this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. If I look back at you and I say, say more about that. You have more to say. You've thought more. You've been living in this problem long enough to get to a pain point where you're willing to come admit you don't know what's next and to ask for help. Don't stop that person from doing that internal processing, that verbal processing that you and I both tend to do. Yeah. Make it possible for them to do that. Open that door and and instead of saying, here's the question, well, how would you do this? Or what do you think your options are? Just let them say more until you realize they're getting where now you can say, okay, so what are the options? And then you can take them- And
0: they've laid it out for themselves. Yeah,
1: now they've laid it out. Now they own it. That's our whole thing with leadership, Jason. You know, I need the people who are going to lead to take responsibility and ownership and to be part of this and be involved and feel like they matter or they're not going to do it effectively. They're just going to go through the motions. Eighty-five percent of employees, I think that's the number in the recent Gallup book. The manager are yeah. disengaged at their jobs. That's frightening. You know, and and how can I make think about how more how, how valued you or I make a person feel when we say say more about that, or wow, yeah. that's curious. Where'd you come up with that? And that's not, you know, that you got to, you got to use that one carefully, right? Because of the wrong level of sarcasm in the last question. It sounds, it sounds a little offensive. (laughs) Um, Like, what are you, an idiot? You know? (laughs) Yeah. But it's, it's just opening and and it's painful, right? I mean, when I say it's painful, it's time consuming. Yeah. We get so into rush, rush, rush. And we, you know, I, I think this is my philosophical take, right? We are in a place in the world where every one of us has to help every one of us constantly develop, grow, and become better. Our responsibility is to engage effectively so that we facilitate that process. I do it for you in this conversation. You do it for me in this conversation. We do it for everybody else. That has changed the way leadership has to be developed moving forward. If we're curious, if we're humble, if we're empathetic, we change that dynamic. We engage differently with people. We get different conversation. We have different feelings walking away, coming to. We break down the barriers that say, I can't admit I don't know. There's a whole lot of things that can happen.
0: All right. I have one more. I think one more question for you on this. People listening that like what they're hearing from you and I, and then they look at who they're working for and their leadership and their leadership is not demonstrating this. Mm -hmm. What do you have for those people?
1: You know, I, 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 it's, I, I hate it when I listen to podcasts and the guest always says that a great question. But you are such a great question to answer, ask uh, That's a fantastic question, and and it's the critical point because that's the pushback, right? Well, you can't do that around here. No, but you, mm. but you can do it for you. Who says you can't walk the talk that you want to walk? And yeah. and I know we can have that debate and fight about. Well, yeah, fine. Guess what? If you can't do it in the organization you're in and it's what you believe needs to be done, then you're on the wrong bus.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: the bus door opens all the time. Get off. I mean, because, yeah. you know, I, it, 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 Margaret Mead, I think, is the one that the quote, never doubt that a small group of committed people can make a difference. Indeed, it's all that it ever has. Yeah. You know, an individual in an organization can completely change the organization. Yeah. Not overnight, right? The, that, that's our challenge in society today. Now I'm sounding like the old guy, but we're too in a hurry. You know, it's going to take time, but what if you change you? What if you as the leader say, okay, my organization isn't ready for this. My boss isn't ready for this, but I lead a team of six people. I'm going to start doing one thing. I'm going to ask more questions. I'm going to silence my advice monster. I'm going to ask more questions. I'm not going to go to just the quick question of, well, what are you going to do about this? I'm going to <laughs>
0: right, throw it back on them. You know, yeah. What are you going to do
1: about it? Yeah. Like, I I, I'm inst- I'm inst- I don't know. I'm instead going to be curious, right? And I say, so, well, what's ha- yeah. what's happening? Well, that's interesting. Say more about that. And I'm going to let that conversation breathe. And I'm going to give them that space where they can feel comfortable to open up. You know, trust isn't built overnight, although it's very easily lost in an instant. Yeah, And if we approach this, that we're building trust, and that's why our point in humility builds trust by you forgoing the fact that I'm going to be right by you forgoing the fact that I've got the answer and just letting yourself, letting it breathe. You begin to shift that from you to them. And when you shift it from you to them, something amazing happens. They start to lead themselves because that's the crux. If you don't lead yourself, you can't lead anybody else. That's Right. And our problem is we have a lot of leaders who can't lead themselves. Yeah, yeah. Who don't even try, and yeah. and they don't even try because they say that well you can't do that around here. Well then, fine. Where could you do it? Yeah who who else but, Who else would do it with you so you can get started so you feel better about your work?
0: I love that. There, uh, I think what I'll say here as we wrap up this little part before we wrap up the entire episode with a with a question I think you're going to love. You're going to tell me it's a great question. I think (laughs) Um, this is where people will be able to learn more about everything we're talking about specifically from you in the near future. We'll put, we'll put all that information in the show notes for the podcast so that people can hear more. I know you're going to, you've got a lot of content coming out. You've got the course that's um, being tested. So I have no doubt that people are going to go, hey, I need to know more about this. I'm i I'm seeing some of these challenges in my own life or in my leaders with my leaders, with my company. So we'll make sure that people get connected with you again, Michael, Appreciate after that. two years and now see what you're up to. So I have one more question for you. And it's a very serious one, not really at all. <laughs> we mentioned earlier that you have gotten into bourbon. Mm-hmm. Found anything interesting that you want to share with us in the last year and a half that, you know, we can share your, share your advice around (laughs) bourbon here. I think this is a place where we want your advice. You don't need, we don't need to tell more. I want to hear what's some good, what's some good bottles that you've had that you'd recommend for me and for everybody listening. Have you found anything new? And has oh, it, has I, you, you know, I like new and interesting.
1: I, I, I'm hesitant to say this because I still question the legality because I'm not sure it's actually legal to have alcohol shipped to Delaware, but I have found a company that will do it. So I have a monthly subscription thing. I, <laughs> where I get a bottle of bourbon every month and it's something that I wouldn't pick or discover.
0: Well, Michael, I just want to be clear in the Northeast. Sometimes that's called it fell off the back of the truck.
1: Yeah, well, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it reminds me. Of, it just fell off the back of the truck. It reminds me of you know? the comedian, Mitch Hedberg. One of Mitch Hedberg, yeah. m- one of Mitch Hedberg's jokes was my FedEx dealers, my FedEx driver is a drug dealer. He just doesn't know it. Uh, <laughs> that's I, all. <laughs> that's great. My, my, my FedEx guy is a bootlegger. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> He's
0: a bootlegger. Yeah. He, but he doesn't drive a NASCAR. No. He's not driving a stock
1: car. Yeah. But, but I, I, there's a Jefferson special reserve. I just got actually this week from that club. That is fabulous. It's a hundred proof special edition. Um, You know, the biggest thing I've learned with bourbon, because I use it for cooking so much. If you're a cook and you make sauces, learn the value of what bourbon can bring to the depth of a sauce. Mm. Because, you know, the, the oaky flavors in a bourbon just adds it when you cook it down and and cook it long enough. So it gets cooked down or your people who don't like bourbon will not like it, but it's the flavoring thing, right? It's the subtleties. Um, I I, Interestingly, my last bottle I got from that organization, uh, which I haven't drank yet because I'm waiting for our our, our mutual connection, Mike Kim, to come visit because it is aged in scotch barrels.
0: Nice. And
1: I'm really curious to try it, but… Since Mike and I have drank a lot, have had a lot of, consumed a lot of scotch together in the past, I'm waiting for him to be with me so we can open that bottle and see what it is. So, I, I can't give you. You're a You're making me on that jealous one. over
0: here. This is somebody I know Mike as well, and you're making me jealous.
1: Well, sorry, <laughs> <sighs> I've known him longer than you have.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is that is true. You have known him longer than I have.
1: But, uh, but that's know, awesome. I, I think the, I think the thing is, you know, you got to look for what's right for you. You know, I feel like in all these things, it's 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 not unlike leadership, right? What fits for you? You know, what fits yeah. for me for bourbons is I want a smoky flavor. You know, I want a hit. Yeah. It's like, I like
0: smoky flavor too. It's, it's, yeah. it's
1: why when we drink scotches, it's peaty scotches. I mean, I, I want that. I want yeah. that different thing. I want that boldness, but I also want that yeah. subtlety on the back end. And I think Jason, that's part of why I hate to think everything back to it, but it's why leadership appeals to me because there are leaders who are incredibly mm. bold, but what makes them special is their subtle abilities in other things. And that's same with bourbon, same with barbecue, right? It's that little tiny ingredient, you know? So somebody who's listening going, you know, how do I do this all better? How do I do this? You know, first find a hobby that involves bourbon and barbecue, as far as I'm concerned, because that's a criteria. Yeah.
0: yeah I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. Yes.
1: But, but it's, it's look for the subtle thing because the little moments yeah. what makes the difference. You know, it's, yeah. it's not about the, 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 you don't have to make magic explosions. It's just subtle little things. It's like me realizing that you, your kid just started kindergarten saying, so Jason, how's your son doing in kindergarten? Yeah, I mean, what do most people want on the planet? They, how many yeah. surveys have I seen in 40 years of doing this kind of work? That Freedom say, and joy. Yeah, and they want recognition for a job well done Rec- from their supervisor. Recognition, yeah, And, it, and if we yep. actually understand what that means, Jason, I would argue they don't care what it is. They just want to know the person who leads them, sees them, knows them, and cares about them. Yeah.
0: Michael, I just had a – I just had a – um. My marketing brain just went off for a minute. This has hit me intuitively. I have a podcast title for you. Yeah, go. Hundred proof leadership.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: That's your that's, <laughs> your that's your that's your new show that you get to combine all of your all the things we're talking about with your expertise around the brown stuff. And, and I think for you, we need to com- probably combine some sort of barbecue in there as well. I'm not sure what that is, but the I heard that I'm like 100 proof leadership. That I, I, is the that is the title of your one of your brands. I, I
1: may make that one of my little my little teaser for the thing you and I talked about before we kicked this off today.
0: Yeah, I'm awesome. Awesome. Well, Michael, I want to um, tell you how good it is to reconnect here on the podcast. I mean, we've Same connected here. outside the podcast, but have a conversation again. Man, so much has changed. It's good to see you. Um, I'm going to encourage everybody to follow Michael. We'll put that in the show notes. Where to find him? And last thing for us, Michael, do you have any final words of wisdom? And you know what? I'm going to say advice can be okay. <laughs> Not advice can be okay.
1: <laughs> you know, Jason, I just I, I'm going to I'm moving. I have a great new tagline that I can't find, couldn't find this morning that we just wrote last week that I'm. Supp- it must
0: be so great that you can't even remember that, it that I'm I supposed
1: like that. to use in situations like this. Uh, <laughs> It's great, um, but but you know how life can be, and one forgets. It got
0: eighty five percent of the way there. Yeah, yeah one so one forgets enough, the
1: great yeah. things. It, it does exist, you know. And he says as he madly looks for the image that he took of it on the screen. <laughs>
0: <It's> great, <laughs> that's he, awesome.
1: Yeah, so here it is. You and your team will be better and stronger because of your initiative. And 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 we wrote that, Jason. I've mm. lost I've lost you for a minute because that's the reality, right? I I just think that's the takeaway. You and your team, whether it's your family, whether it's the people you lead, whether it's the people you play ball with, whether it's the people you cycle with, you and your team will be better because of what you do and because of the degree to which you engage, you know, and your initiative in saying, I'm going to get better. I'm going to become more effective in asking questions. I'm going to check my ego at the door and make sure I give all the credit away, even if I'm the one that made it happen. Be happy with that inside yourself. Give yourself a high five, whatever and walk away. It ain't about you. Yeah. And then empathetic, you know, it, you know it's it's the connection. How do I connect with people on a different level? I'm like I, I throw a quick story at you, Jason. Okay? I Please. I, I was hired yes. I was hired years ago and this will because you know me this will you, you'll laugh, I think. Um to train the bra and panty sales women at Playtex Apparel. Um, I,
0: you're the, per- the I, This just seems so aligned with your brain. Yeah, I'm just I the guy, right? It would, it, it, you're the, I would be shocked if this wasn't the way you started the story. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. And so I go in the conference room. There's 12, 12 women. And in the corner of the conference room, there's a little stage elevated that has mannequins who have their current lingerie line on it, which is a weird place, you got to admit, to do a full-day sales seminar. Although yeah. it does have the product front and center for all of them. Uh, yeah. Back yeah. In, back in those days, Jason, I wore a bracelet that was a little loose. And one time I'm gesturing and my bracelet catches on one of the bras on one of these mannequins. And I'm trying to gently shake it loose and not look stupid. I knock every one of the mannequins down on the floor, which then broke the phenomenal. I- broke the ice and gave us a great conversation.
0: Oh my god, yeah.
1: But I'm telling yeah. I'm telling you, go ahead. you
0: could have made a joke of like this is kind of like my high school days when I was dating <laughs> girls and I was trying to unhook the bra, you know, like it, yeah, it well, ended up not going so well. You,
1: you could have, but I might not have got hired again. <laughs> That's true. Um but but anyway, the point of the story is this. The manager who had hired me. Basically, explained how great a relationship she had with her people. Mm. And this is not a one off. Okay. This is not about Playtex apparel. This is not, not about, you know, it's just a better version of, this, of a better story to tell than some of the others. I've heard this a hundred times, a thousand times. What's the reality? She had no idea who they were. And that's right. most of what they spent the day talking to me about. That the reason we're not doing well is she ignores us. The reason we're not doing well is she doesn't know who we are. The reason we're not doing well is when I have a problem and I need to go get my son, I get a bunch of grief when he's literally in the nurse's office and they've called me and told me to come pick him up from school. Yeah, She doesn't care about us. Life is about caring about others. You matter, but you matter to the degree that you care about the people you engage with, because that makes you care more about yourself because you can't care for them if you don't care for you. And and that to me is the big takeaway, right? You know, and and when you intentionally do that, you know, when you take initiative to say today, I'm going to be this much better. For those of you who can't see visually, this much is a very small amount of my finger, and my small. thumb close to each other. Yeah. Tomorrow, I'm going to get that much better again. Tomorrow, I'm going to get that much better again. You know, that's the problem we have, I think, is we try to change it all too fast. And we don't realize that daily intentional action is the secret to all success in anything. Yeah. And if it's focused on making you one little step better today, one little step better tomorrow, it's focused on making your team one little step better today, one little step better tomorrow. Stop putting the bar up here over top of people's heads and making them have to jump it before you'll praise them. If they take right. the initiative and get started recognize it, celebrate it, call it out and do that for yourself first. You get up yeah. in the morning, you look at the to-do list, you process it and you say, you know what? Those three things need to be a no to the yes, no list you and I talked about at the start. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They need to be a no. Congratulate yourself for being smart enough to take them off the list. Let that moment of yeah. celebration be. So, you know, that, that's my big thing. I just feel like we, we are putting people under so much pressure by things that are outside of our control. They need to be re- not recognized, acknowledged, affirmed, celebrated more regularly. And if you just did that one thing in your life, you said, okay, every day I'm going to recognize three people for something they've done. Like Jason, congratulations for opening up the room today so we could have this conversation. <laughs> not you know i mean it doesn't that that it was very challenging that that, but that you know that can be enough right you never know we never know when our words are going to change a person's lives and as leaders we're messing with their lives i take that responsibility very seriously you know and we're going to work with our students and make sure that they take that responsibility seriously at all and you know if that appeals to you, I'd love to have a conversation and see, you know, is this, yeah. a, is anything we've got something for you or what insights can you share that you, I'd, I'd love to hear from the people, Jason, who don't agree with anything I've said. You yeah.
0: know, oh, absolutely. I mean, you learn just as much. There. Yeah.
1: What do you think?
0: Being agreed with is being agreed with just feeds your ego and it has you feel right. Yeah. At least how it is for me. I'd, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, Michael. I, uh, again, congratulations on everything. Best of luck in the competition coming up. Thank you, sir. I want to, uh, I will be following you on social, see how that goes. It will be photo documented. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to rec- it's going to be doc. Oh, I'm sure it'll be well documented. And uh, it was great to have you on again it's, and take good care.
1: Back at you, Jason. Thank you so much for the privilege of spending time with you again. Thanks. The talking to cool people podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on Talking to Cool People.